we've just been talking such smutty filthy gossip i know about our lives and now it's like and now it's time to talk about god yeah god yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. our lives have been a little bit uh god is filth you know you heard it here hopefully not first i hope this isn't the first time you've heard the phrase god is filth and if it is i don't know what to tell you as the downward would say your blood is upon your head Mm, do 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 Ooh, sweetheart sent me a video oh my god he sent me a video of himself trying to say the prayer he's been learning to read hebrew and he's learning the barhu Ugh. okay michael yeah hi how are you oh here it is uh how am i it's, it's and been, they're off it's been a hell of a week it's been a yeah. good week yes oh yeah don't you have an unboxing video to oh do my God. as part of telling us how you are i am so excited about this unboxing Wait, tear guys. it close to the mic context first I was laid off. Woo! Woo! Yeah, fuck coronavirus, but actually mostly fuck the company I was working for. Mm-hmm. They laid off like 20% of the company or something like that. Whoa, yeah. that's big layoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty exciting. I'm trying to figure out what to do next, but I'm very excited about the prospect of not feeling anxious about getting fired. Suddenly You're that anxiety free. is gone. You're free. It's kind of cool. And I think you'll find some other great job. I'm sure You have a highly employable skill set. I am highly employable people. And you're capable of passing for a white dude, so. I pass so effectively. (laughs) It's it's a blessing and a curse. And a curse. All right, so you know what? I don't think I'll do an unboxing. Michael was going to unbox his layoff letter. Okay, fuck it. At least make a package noise. Okay. Oh, my... Wow, that was an wow. incredible sound. I know, it was really nice. Oh my God, that's a black folder. Ooh. Oh. Wait, what does the front say? The front says... Don't read the company name if it's a company name. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's take a look. It says blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Dear Michael, this is to inform you that we are firing you because you are a giant faggot. (laughs) Which is exactly why I hired you to be my co-host. Luckily, you work for Rainbows and Sunshine. Wow. Oh, is that telling you how to file for unemployment? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could get unemployment, Michael. You could get enhanced COVID unemployment. That's true. That's true. You could be partying. JK, I know it's not partying to be on unemployment. No, it's totally a party. Don't cancel me. Oh, uh, or whatever. Uh, I don't care. It's not a party to be unemployed, but it right. is good to be on unemployment. Well, I think it is a party to be unemployed, and it's a challenge to be on unemployment. Uh, mm. uh, we're getting too cerebral. Yeah, we're playing a word. Our game audience here, guys. doesn't like that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> or just like let's bring it down. Let's bring it to the heartland. Mm-hmm, bring it to the flyover they states. They just want the smut. They just want the smut. It's true. They want the filth. The woman who is the head of HR, she kind of likes me, and she gave me a call today. Oh, yeah? And she was like, hey, Mike, FYI, make sure to use your FSA flexible health care spending account before it uh, expires. That's actually really sweet of her yeah she was like oh it's fucking gonna expire real soon and because you were laid off it like doesn't roll over some right you know fucking bullshit i hope somebody sends out reminders like that before mashiach comes you know they say in the talmud if you have funds in your flexible healthcare spending account and yeah. mashiach comes first spend your funds then yeah, go see the mashiach go to lens crafters guys uh. you, get, get <laughs> you think you're one of gonna go through the messianic era without fresh glasses no no way mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. forbid mm-hmm. nice like 
acetate fucking oh turtle shell pattern we're learning a lot about your sense of aesthetics here uh, you know i'm just a I just aspire to look like a 1970s serial killer i feel like you're too flamboyant 1970s serial killers were a little more buttoned down mm, i'd be like put the lotion in the basket oh put my it in the god basket, i guys. knew i knew it just mind goal don't bring up buffalo bill okay fine. let's cut the buffalo bill bit wait you really want me to cut the buffalo, buffalo bill, bill. I don't know. It's is it tasteful? Or- no, that's the point. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have th- I watched that it. movie too soon, and so I have like very visceral gut level associations with it. I'm right. just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, I'm gonna put it in. But anyway, oh. <laughs> how 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 are you, Hava? How are you? I take no responsibility for the content of this podcast. Tell me how you are. Oh my god, how am I? I am well. I am well. I've um I've acquired a COVID sweetheart. I know. Oh. Michael and I were just gossiping about this. Yeah. Um, so that's really enhanced my coronavirus, and I am preparing for a class that I'm going to teach this weekend. So sort of just like incredibly stressed out just like freaking out about that every second except for the times when i forget about it which are bliss i love teaching but like i haven't learned how to not be anxious about it yet but yeah teaching is going really good having a covid sweetheart is going really good this podcast is going really good we have reached our 60th patron 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 we have 60 patrons did you reach out to number 60? Yes, I reached out to number 60 to ask if they were interested in being thanked on air. And they said that they would like to remain anonymous. So thank you, anonymous 60th patron. Mm-hmm. You light up our lives. And all our patrons light up our lives. You know, yep. I feel weird about thanking the 60th patron because like they've merely stood upon the shoulders of giants. That's true. That's um, true. But... Anyway, thank you, 60th patron. So I asked if you had anything that you wanted me to plug, dear 60th patron, and you said you didn't have anything that you wanted to plug, but you wanted me to plug an organization. And so I'm plugging an organization called Amudim, A-M-U-D-I-M. You can find them at amudim.org. They are an organization that does advocacy for sexual assault survivors in the Orthodox community. They're just really cool. I'm plugging them on behalf of our 60th patron. They're very worthy of your support and your attention, your donations. So, yeah, look into it. They did a really cool PSA about sexual assault in the Orthodox community that I think is worth watching. And uh, you're going to put a link in the description, Hava? Yes, I will put a link in the description. Amazing. That's As great. the Cinderella of this podcast. Fact. Fact. Wow. I hope that's not racist. I bet it is. Really? I bet Cinderella is racist. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. I mean, if you enjoy All it, the underpinnings of Western culture are fucking racist. Okay. Note to self. If you really, really enjoy something in Western culture, it's probably racist. Because Western culture is fake. That's true. I mean, there's that whole thing. It's like a meaningless concept. Yeah. It's a void. Well... On that cheery note. Should we give the phone number? Oh, yeah. So we are going to release our historic Talmud hotline to the public. Mm-hmm. We will read you the phone number at the end of the episode to inspire you to call in with your Talmudic questions and shit kicking 
and mudslinging. And just like if you need dating advice. Yeah, or just like if you want to talk to us. Because we have this amazing thing called a Talmud hotline that previously was for patrons only, but now anyone can call in and leave us a voicemail. Anyone, yeah. We don't care. Yeah, and we are contractually obligated to respond to the voicemail. Mm -hmm. And we will play it on the air. Yeah, we'll probably play it on the air. So, you know, unless yeah. you specify. If you send us an email at you at gmail.com, we'll address your question on the air. We love listener questions. We had like a rash of listener questions, and then it's been sort of a listener question drought. Mm, I think everyone's, you know, been kind of... They've been focused on other stuff. COVID. Yeah. Jobby jobs and... Uprising. Uprising. Against the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, should we talk about the Talmud? Yeah, yeah, let's jump into it. Let's do it. So we are continuing our series on authority, as we shall be forevermore. And we are continuing right where we left off. So last time we talked about how Rabbi Yochanan said that the people who were seated on the Sanhedrin needed to be beautiful, wise, old, sorcerers, mm-hmm. and so on and so on. Continuing right after there, this is still Rabbi Yochanan talking. He goes on to say... This is continuing to talk about the qualifications of Sanhedrin people. They need to know literally 70 languages, which is sort of like a synecdoche here, meaning all the languages. Whoa. They need to know all the languages so that they never have to hear testimony from the mouth of a translator. Whoa. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Hot takes, Michael. I love it. I love it. Serve them up hot. I think if if you want power, you need to have skills that involve sacrifice. Oh, interesting. And you feel like learning languages involve sacrifice? Well, maybe not skills. I I do think power should come with sacrifice. Maybe that means like Hmm. we cut off your foot, or maybe it means like we shave your head. Maybe it means like you're not allowed to wear eye primer and you have to like (laughs) use concealer and like powder. Not everyone has the time like to learn the skills. Right. Not everyone has the time to know every language in the world. Right, right. So, you know, that is very limiting mm-hmm. to who can become a judge. So that kind of sucks. But I do appreciate that there are constraints that are put on you. And learning something is a constraint in that that's time. You got to learn 70 languages or metaphorically 70 languages. It's like, I can't I can't right. go to the club right. with you right now. And one of the concerns here, especially since the Sanhedrin will be dealing with capital punishment cases, is if you are hearing testimony from the mouth of a translator, then it's de facto becoming he said, she said. You know, mm. if you don't know what the translator is saying, then you have no way to verify that that's actually the testimony that the witness is providing. And in fact, I think. If I'm recalling correctly, I don't have the news sources right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure this has been an issue in American court cases, is that there have been people who have been giving testimony or attempting to give testimony or being questioned who have had bad translation, who have had translators working for them who weren't translating accurately, and it ended up leading to huge miscarriages of justice. And this problem is not fixed. I have a question, kind of veering in a different direction. I wonder what the etymology of of the Hebrew word language is, because is language a language or could language be a people? It'd be mm. like, to be a judge, you have to understand other people. I don't people's... think, in this case, the word that's being used is lashon, which is literally meaning tongue. Okay, never mind, never mind. I was, like, going in a direction. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, we'll continue with an even more qualifications for the Sanhedrin, if you can oh. believe it. This 
is going to be Rav Yehuda speaking in the name of Rav. So, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav, Ein moshvin bosenhedren, Ela mesheodea letaher et hasheretz bin hatorah. They don't seat anyone on the Sanhedrin except who knows how to sanctify a creepy crawly creature, which is inherently unsanctified, unkosher, by using the Torah. Huh. So they only put people on the Sanhedrin who are capable of koshering the unkosher using the tool set of the Torah. Now, is it koshering the unkosher or is it koshering the unkosherable? Oh, well, I'm not sure that those two things are different. Okay, so it's like a task that is impossible, theoretically. Yes. So you have to have this mystical skill that can transform unclean objects into clean objects. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on whether you believe that tuma, ritual impurity, is a quality that exists independent of our perceptions or judgments about it. That's like a theological cosmological question you have to assess for yourself okay but is this a metaphor is this more like this person needs to be able to take something that has tuma and argue use the torah to argue like be so good at argument that they can argue that it actually isn't ritually impure well yes that's definitely the skill and i think you're really hitting on something when you ask whether it's a metaphor because one of the ways that the commentators interpret this is that to be seated on the sanhedrin you need to be someone who can look at a clearly guilty human destined to be sentenced to death and be able to see them as if they are pure. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's almost, oh, oh. Like being in love. The thing that I think of because I live in the society I live in is Christianity. The idea of like we're all sinners and mm. to be able to look at everyone with a certain amount of... Grace. Grace, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, grace conceptually pre-existed Christianity, luckily. Would hate to lose out on that virtue. Yeah, that's a real nice one, guys. That's a nice one. Great concept you came up with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I can see where you're going there. I think in Christianity, grace is like... I don't know. I think there's something about rationality and argument here, right? Like in Christianity, my understanding is that grace and purity are sort of conferred miraculously through the sacrifice. Whereas in this case, the person isn't becoming not guilty. You just need to be able to find a way to argue their innocence using the tools within the system. Because I think Judaism values not executing people so highly that it's like, here is the chief qualification for one of our judges. You need to be able to find a way to stop someone from getting killed, no matter what. You know, even if you have the judicial power to execute, you need to be the kind of person who will find a way within the system to justifiably argue for this person's innocence. I find an interesting parallel between that and the fact that when I talk to my grandparents or my parents about like being in Russia and being fucked over by Slavs or like Nazis, there isn't a lot of anger there. They're like, Mm. there's like, these people are like human. There's kind of like a, again, a very Christian (laughs) sentence, but like a forgive them father for they know not what they do kind of mentality. That's interesting. I haven't heard that before. I have noticed that, that there's a pacifist, or not a pacifist, but just like an acceptance mm-hmm. of humans 
for who they are. Acceptance of their like flawed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in my flawed nature. I and feel their... lucky, you know, with, with my parents and brother. Hmm. You feel like you grew up in a house. This is great. This is like seamless segue to Mike's Jewish journey. Seamless segue to my journey, guys. <laughs> oh, that's got to stay it. Uh, Wait, are you done? There's no more Talmud? No, this is Talmud for today. I'm tired. Oh, it's okay. It's fine. Let me fucking live my life. All right. All right. Oy vey. I gave you Talmud week after week and it's never enough. You never call. You never visit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I will unleash my motherhood upon you. Yeah. So you feel like you grew up in a house where this sort of flawed nature of humanity, the inherent flawed nature of humanity was just a fact of life. That was the implication. Definitely. Hmm. What else going on in your Jewish journey? You're working on some new clothes, I think? Oh, yeah, I got some clothes ideas, got some geometric patterns that mm-hmm. I'm working through. Been thinking a lot about getting some jersey printed with some, like, Ooh. interesting Jewish symbols, letters, mm-hmm. things that I can make mm-hmm. some custom t-shirts with. Yeah, you're coming to my class this weekend. Oh, that is true. It's part of your Jewish journey because you want... You want to yep. use the skills that we're teaching in class to research the temple incense. That is true. What's your deal with temple incense, Michael? Well, I, I mentioned this in the last pod. It's it's a sensory experience. Insensory. It's, it's incendiary. It's insensitive. <laughs> it's very insensitive. <laughs> it's like my stereotypes of Ashkenazi Jews are like not sensual you know i'm not gonna go to like washington heights and feel like oh this is such a sensual neighborhood or whatever maybe (laughs) i should cut that out i don't know i'll think about it well i think it's just speaking to your own internalized stereotypes about jews yeah sure so it was just very interesting to be like oh incense and it like smelled good Mm -hmm. it's very uh it's it's very not you don't associate the jewish people with decadence I don't associate the Jewish people with decadence. You want to uncover our decadent past. Yeah, basically, basically. I, Toward I want to, a more decadent Judaism. I want to Catholicify Judaism. Oy, I know, I know, bae, I'm sorry. Michael, it's as if you punched me I know. directly in the sternum. Ay, ay, ay. Catholics are one of my favorite types of Jews. Oh my, I know. I always say they're the most Jewish Christians. They are Jews, I'm convinced. No, Michael. Okay, whatever. God forbid the conversation for another pod (laughs) yeah but yeah so like incense and it's cool and there's interesting ingredients and there's all sorts of confusion and intrigue around what these mysterious ingredients in the temple incense were i was just reading so there's a couple famous incense related deaths in the torah um Let's see. At least Korach and someone else dies from incense. A bunch of people die from lighting incense in inappropriate ways in the book of Numbers. At one point, Aharon, the first high priest, Moses' brother, Mm -hmm. goes and cures a plague using incense. And one of the commentators says the reason that God chose to do this miracle with incense was to show the people that the incense was also good. Like, there had been so many incense-related oh deaths that God wanted to do a PR campaign. <laughs> it's like, guys, hashtag not all incense. Not all incense. Incense is not only, like, for death. It's actually also for healing. I just love it. I just love the fact that Jews smell things. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, not all. Sometimes Jews smell unpleasant things, and then I'm not so sure. But and I do think I think it would be cool if there was like a Jew perfume. Yeah, perfume. A perfume. Yeah. <laughs> what would it? What would a Jewish perfume smell like? I don't know. I, I would. Latkes. I would just take Chanel Number no. Five and like put oh a fucking gosh. Star David on the bottle. I don't give a shit. <laughs> You are ready to be a scent artist. Oh, I still remember this Jew I went on a date with when I was uh, in New York very briefly. Uh Uh-huh. Before I knew you. Oh, before you knew me. Iris. It was like some sort of Iris perfume. Oh, I was like... What does their name have to do with this? Oh, I don't issue? remember. I don't know. I don't know. I okay, don't know. they had a perfume that smelled like irises. The only notable thing about this person was, was their perfume. Yeah. Wow. If you're listening to this podcast, Iris Perfume Girl, call the Talmud Hotline. Call the Talmud Hotline and tell Michael what a schmuck he is. Now, the last text I, I sent her was, "Can you just please tell me what perfume you're wearing?" <laughs> Oh my God, Michael, and, and you she was are like, the worst. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and I still have it written wow. down somewhere. And that I, yeah. is, she was incredibly generous with you. I, I would have been like, fuck you. I mean, I didn't do it in a low text voice. I did it in like a high text voice. Like, hey, like, I know this is going to work out, but like, hey, perfume, maybe, cool. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was very, you know, there were lots of hedging words that made it not creepy right you really softened the blow you I really texted in a feminine way exclamation yes. points yes. maybe a smiley face mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well i stand by my statements i stand by all my criticism i stand by everything i've ever done yeah that's that's pretty accurate based on what oh, yeah, so yeah. far should we wrap it let's wrap it yeah let's wrap it dear listeners dear listeners thank you so much for listening to this show mm-hmm. maybe we'll find a longer piece of talmud next week I mean, I really like this piece of Talmud, but, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Call in. Tell me what I should do. Talk to me. At me sometime. Yeah. In fact, now you can call us. Yes. Call us at the Talmud hotline. What's the number, Michael? The number is 401-484-1619. That's right. Call us at that number and leave us a voicemail so we can talk about Talmud with you on the air. And you will put it in the description. Oh, yes. And I'll put the number in the description. Thank you again to our anonymous 60th patron who made it possible for us to release this Talmud hotline to the public. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at hi, how are you? And you can find Michael at miss underscore figured. Email us at hi, how are you at gmail.com. Join our Patreon. We still have lots of really cool perks. You can still get an amazing sticker. You can get a blessing. You can get a Torah study appointment. You can get all kinds of stuff, you know? If you believe in amazing, queer, online Talmud learning for anyone who wants it, then you should be joining our Patreon. I love each and every one of you, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.